is The Hill. Talking Rugby League with Sam Perry and Tim Sparks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another edition of The Hill. I'm your host, Tim Sparks, and I'll tell you what, it is fantastic to be with you here on The Hill. Here on The Hill, talking rugby league, and for goodness sake, there is a hell of a lot going on in the code at the moment. Uh, We finished round 13. What have we got? About six rounds left before we get into the final, so still a fair way to go as far as the footy's concerned, but we got COVID breaches happening Left, right, and Darren Centre. Uh, we've got all sorts of business going on at Brisbane. I'll cover that for you. Uh, we've got some coaching stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna delve into the coaching stuff tonight. All right. We've got new appointments. Uh, we've got sackings slash resignations. We've got rumours. Uh, we've got also some uh, some caretaker coaches that we're not talking enough about. So we've got that to look forward to. I've got a Who Would You Rather Be that I'm quite interested in. Uh, I've got your your rugby league names, 11 to 20, which you said there's appetite for, which I was really happy to hear. So we've got that later on in the show. And plenty more, and plenty more. Don't you worry about that, all right? But uh, I'd like to start the show since I've been here on my own uh, for the last month or so with a shout-out. Uh, either from, from a listener or for, for a friend of a listener, so keep them rolling in. Uh, but at the top of today's show, we're going to give a shout-out. I'm going to give a shout-out to my co-host and good friend, Sam Perry, uh, and shouting out for a congratulations uh, on the birth of his uh, second son. So big congratulations to you, mate, and to your wife, Tori. Uh, Barney is his name, and a, a massive congratulations there, Pezza. And good to hear uh, that mum and Bob are doing well uh, and it's all going well so far. So great stuff, mate. And there's your shout out. Uh, again, if you want a shout out, ladies and gentlemen, please just get in touch with me. If you want a shout out for yourself, just just ask for one. I'll give it to you. Uh, if someone's doing it tough out there, you know, someone just a bit down there, like doing a bit tough, uh, send them on in and I'm happy to shout it out and say good day to you on the podcast waves here on the hill. Now, speaking of Pezza, I asked him for a text last week and he sent me one and I did the same thing this week. So, got a little text, you know, it's this is a two-man show, you know. It's I might, I am going one out at the moment, but you've got to remember this is this is a a two-person show. Uh, so it's good to have Pezza involved via this text. So, uh, here it goes. Uh, believe it or not, it's uh, it's not brief. Here it is. G'day, Tim. Thanks for the invitation to provide a few remarks ahead of today's show. I wrote, I write from the world of strange owls and stinging eyes after my wife gave birth to our second boy, who we've named Barney. Once again, congratulations, Pezza. Well, what a show it was last week. Your best in the series so far. Unlike the merged franchise you support, the show gets better every week. Yeah, very funny. But how will you tackle this week? You've got to cover Seabold, Babes and Bags, Wayne Bennett being either an all-time coat or an all-time senile coat, and the Tigers downing tools amid discussions they'll pay half of Moses' M-Buyers contract to the Titans. Yes. 
Uh, could there be a more Tigers outcome than the shotgun signing of Tabita Pangai Jr. on $1.1 million? I'll address that later. Unlikely. Go well, mate. Can't believe Gary, not Brad, missed your top 10 names. Cheers, Pez. Well, thanks for that, Pezza, and you'll be happy to know that those names might get a run a bit later on, uh, and I will tackle the rest of what you've said there. So thanks for that, mate. Very, very good. Well, how about I go through the, the, the games from last week? Uh, round 13 kicked us off at Wynn Stadium, Roosters 24th and George 16. The Roosters were missing like seven Origin players. I was talking to them, oh, we were talking last week on the Hill, someone sent in for a Rooster Corner about their injuries, but I, I didn't actually pull this up, but they were missing like. I, I, we we're talking about like Boyd Cordner and the Morris brothers. Uh, being missing. I forgot, Ang- they, I forgot Angus Crichton isn't playing for them either at the moment. He's on their books. Yet they've still, you know, got this outstanding uh, side on paper. So they, they're just too good for most teams at the moment. Uh, bad luck to the Saints. I thought they, they played a, an okay game of footy. Oh, my phone's bloody freezing. Would you believe it? Get back to the... This is a joke. Um, I don't script this stuff. Uh, my phone just froze. I had the League Live app out. Here we go. And we're back. Uh, Friday night games. Yeah, well, the Warriors, I, always, I said last week that the Warriors looked to be a pretty good side. They proved that again, beating uh, Manly at Brookie, 26-22. Uh, so good on them. Good on the Warriors. Good to see them uh, get another win. Uh, the Rabbitohs beat Brizzy pretty comfortably, 28-10. Uh, also on the Friday night, South. Uh, I, I sound like a broken record. I know I sound like a broken record, saying that I, you know they're just sort of hanging there. But maybe what they're doing is just going under the radar. You know they're seventh, two wins out of the top four, uh, and they could be timing their run nicely. You know they could be timing their run for a for a top four finish. Who they got this week? Cowboy. You know there's another win for them. You'd expect against the Cowboys there, so. Yeah, who knows? They could be under the radar. Uh, what do we have in the Saturday games? Melbourne Storm, 41-10. That's a great scoreline. Enjoyed that. Uh, courtesy of, I think it was a left-footed uh, drop goal from Cameron Munster. Oh, shit, I forgot Cameron in the name things. Okay, well, we'll get to that later. Um, 41-10, uh, yeah. And the Storm, again. I mean, for me, I keep saying it, Premiership favourites. I know people are all over pa- uh, Penrith, sorry. Uh, Storm of Premiership favourites there because they did that without another Cameron uh, Smith. Anyway, um, the less said about the Knights absolutely toweling up the Tigers are the better as far as I'm concerned at this point in time. Look, if there's some Knights fans out there, you know I've got a soft spot for you. So I am happy for you. That's, um, yeah, well, that takes you guys to 15 points and you're probably almost... uh, you know, sewed yourself up a top eight spot, I think, with that and would have helped you for and against. Uh, no doubt. That was, yeah, that was very convincing. I'll address the Tigers later in Tiger Corner for you all. Uh, Penrith 28, Canberra 12. Uh, I didn't see all the first half of the Penrith game. I actually turned it on, I think, just after half time, and it was 24 0 or something like that. I watched some highlights, but a lot of good judges out there saying that that's the best half of football they've seen a side play uh, for a long, long, long time uh, in what the Panthers uh, produced against the Raiders there. So, 
yeah, I mean, they are looking, they're looking hot to trot. Uh, they're looking, yeah, they're, they're looking very good. Uh, Raiders, yeah, well, they're just, you know, I guess they just ran into a good side, didn't they? Um, no shame in losing to the better team. Ivan Cleary's comments, pretty interesting. Uh, saying that Canberra were managed back into the game. Um, yeah. Well, I, I just thought that was interesting because surely everyone that works for an NRL club or around the NRL would understand that, you know, league is, is done via television. It's a TV show. They need to keep the games close. Like, I thought it was just a given that uh, referees manage teams back into the games. I, I Honestly, I genuinely thought that everyone just sort of knew that. Uh... So why Ivan had to say that, I'm not sure. And why that the NRL had to come so hard down on him. I guess actually the NRL had to come hard, had to come so hard that de- they had to punish him uh, so significantly is because he was sort of whistleblowing, I guess, wasn't he? You know. Uh, but again, I mean, if you watch enough games, it's not a secret, really, is it? I mean, funnily enough, it doesn't seem to happen to the Tigers too much. I mean, they didn't bloody manage us back in a that Knights game up there, that would have been handy. But, you know, it, it is, I think, it is very well-known fact that games need to be close. And also, uh, penalty counts need to be close too to, to stop that scrutiny. So you'll, you'll see those sort of penalties blown at the back end of the game. But uh, anyway, still pretty arrogant from Ivan Cleary, I guess, which is his nature, really. Great to see the Gold Coast have a really good win, 30-10, to 10 up there on the Gold Coast. And yeah, you know, talked about it the last few weeks that under Holbrook, you know, I'm really starting to like the look of the, the Titans. And we're going to have to, st- again, we're going to have to get used to the Gold Coast being pretty good over the next um, couple of years, I think. Uh, so good on them for getting that win. And yeah, the the last game I really enjoyed that um, Parramatta beating Cronulla fourteen twelve in the in the wet and wild um, conditions, I guess at Cogra, uh, which I guess is a nice little. It's always going to be a nice little trivial note, isn't it, that the Sharks played it at Cogra? I guess it's not that uncommon for teams to be playing at different grounds. You know, the Roosters played at Henson Park uh, for a couple of years there, whilst the uh, the football stadium was getting built, you know, the Bulldogs played at Parramatta Stadium for a while, so did the Tigers, you know, it's not that uncommon, I guess, for for teams to be, be playing somewhere else, so still a little bit of trivia, I guess, uh, for later down the track, you know, comes up at a trivia night or something like that, Sharks playing at Cogra, but I really enjoyed the game in the wet, I just, it was just good to see something different, you know, all that water on the ground, obviously not great drainage and, and whatnot, um, from the council there around Cogra, but you know, I just liked the I liked the look of it. You know, it just felt like footy. Uh, my uncle actually, actually, I'll try and pull up the. My uncle was there at the ground. Uh, you know, just telling me how wet it was. But yeah, he said he said I'll send you the I'll read you the text. He said I just got home. We stayed dry. Thankfully, it was a great game to be at. Actually, it reminded me of watching football with Grandpa, my Grandpa, on a Sunday night with Rex Mossop. And then he says it just always seems to have been raining when I was a kid. Uh, and then I just went on to ask, it's funny how you remember the rain. Like, I wonder if it was always raining when you were a kid or you just really remember the rainy games. Then he went on to tell me about how there was a time he remembered um, they tried to dry a uh, Leichhardt Oval with, like, a helicopter 
uh, before a game, uh, which was pretty cool. But yeah, just something about the wet weather footy, small crowd, it just makes it feel like footy, you know? And I think the more that the NRL can do to make the games feel like football and football clubs, then the better off we're going to be, you know? You hear all this bullshit around, uh, you know, trying to make it entertainment and try to make the game look exactly like it looks on TV at the ground. And I even get lost just thinking about that. But that stuff you hear CEOs and, and, uh, you know, clubs say, we don't want that. Make it look like a game of footy. Make it feel like a game of footy. And that's how, you know, you'll inspire people. You'll, you'll get people to want to be involved because that's what's special about it. Uh, so that was cool. I, I enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that, that, that rainy game. I thought the Sharks were pretty unlucky. Uh, there was a couple of calls that went against them. Uh, you know, but the game was already close, I guess. So the referees didn't have to manage anything in that, in that respect. But uh, yeah, I thought they were, they were pretty unlucky. Um, and I thought Blake Ferguson's pass... Uh, it was pretty funny, I've got to say. Um, but the other thing, one last thing I'm just going to say around, on round 13, just gone by, is starting to come back round of the Sharks. That's something that's happening for me. Uh, you know, I've sort of been off them for the last couple of years. You know, the peptide stuff, the salary cap stuff, Flanagan stuff, Paul Gallen, uh, Fafita. It doesn't seem to be around as much anymore. You know, those folks seem to be out of it, you know. Definitely Gallon's out of the joint, as is Flanagan. Uh, you know, like what John Morris is doing, I reckon they play a good style of football. It's a good, you know, group of players. Uh, it's good to see Sean Johnson doing well. And, yeah, just, um, yeah, for, for me, that's just an honest, that's just an honest appraisal of where I'm at with the Sharks. I'm starting to come back around to them. I don't know how, I don't know if people went off them the way I did, because before, prior to them winning the premiership, you know, it was pretty hard to dislike the Sharks. Like, why would you dislike anyone that's never won anything? Like, it doesn't work that way. Like, you generally dislike the teams that win all the time. So the Sharks were always fine by me. I didn't have a drama with the Sharks. Uh, And yeah, so now I'm sort of coming back around to them. So, g'day to any Sharks fans out there. And I guess, where are they? Eight, third, you know? Uh, well, they're just going to have to keep winning. But good luck to them. I wish them all the best. All right. What's next? We're flying through this here. Welcome's done. Shoutouts. Peztex. Rounds 13. Here we go. Who would you rather be, ladies and gentlemen? I've got a good one for you here, and I hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, pretty, you know, straightforward. No tricks. I'm not trying to trick anyone around anything here. Uh, just a nice, clean, who would you rather be? And it goes this way. Who would you rather be? David Gillespie or David Ferner? Start to have a think. All right? Don't want to influence you too early uh, with my opinions and my bias. I just want you to sit there and have a think. You know, if you're out in a walk, you know, or if you're in a position where you can close your eyes for a sec, close your eyes and have a think. Have a think about Gillespie in, a, in either jersey, a West jersey, a, a Manly jersey, a Dogs jersey. A rep jersey, if you want. My eyes are actually closed now. I'm thinking of Gillespie. Uh, I've gone straight. I don't know why. I went straight to the Australian jersey. Don't know why. Just Gillespie in the green and gold. Something good about it. Uh, or, you know, keep your eyes closed and think about Ferner. 
And I think you should go to... And I know I don't want to bias you, but go to him as a player first. The Raiders jersey. Keep your eyes shut. Have a think about it. You got the red, you know, premiership patch on your shoulder uh, in the 94 grand final. Doing that. Towling Canterbury up. You know, that's happening. My voice has changed because my eyes are shut. Have a think about the players around him as well, maybe. Sticky's about, Laurie, Mal, that kind of stuff. Kicking goals from the sideline. Kicking goals in general as a, as a back rower. Who would you rather be? I mean, it's tough. It's really tough. Uh, but I mean, yeah, like if, you, if, if, you, if you're looking, if you're looking, if you're a one club type of person, if you're looking at a one club type of guy, you know, which I probably am in a lot of ways, uh, then Fern is your man, you know, 200 games even for the Raiders. Then he goes on to play for a couple of clubs in England, but that's okay. Uh, and has, you know, a good four or five years with Wigan and Leeds. But I'm looking at your 200 games, 511 goals, 49 tries, playing some great sides. Uh, get yourself a, a premiership with the Raiders. Um, play all the way from 92 to 2000, so you play the bulk of the 90s. Uh, and you probably you get to have uh, yeah you get to have Raiders at their peak, well almost probably Raiders really early, not early sorry just peak eh, Raiders doing well and then you also go through the downtimes of that sort of late not or entering the downtimes, uh, heading towards two thousand where they weren't as strong so you get a bit of a glimpse into both. Uh, or you get to be Gillespie. You debut in 84. Debut in 84 for the Bulldogs. Play in a grand final. Win the grand final in 84. Straight up. You know, you're straight into it. How good's this? Uh, plays a couple of... Maybe another one where they lose to Par. It's just grand finals galore for Gillespie. Uh, 88, he wins it against the Tigers. Uh, still at the Bulldogs. Uh, then what he has like a little stint at this English club called Hunslet I think for a summer like outstanding how good's that Um, then makes his way over to to Wests I don't know play with Warren Ryan I guess Warren Ryan just got all these Canterbury blokes good didn't he he got Langmack Gillespie Farrah was there Andrew Farrah that is I'm pretty sure I guess you know just do some West stuff, I guess. Be an underdog for a little while, you know. You're a big, you know, big, arrogant bulldog. You know, I mean that in a, in a nice way, but a big, proud, tough, you know, we win. We win every year. Go on, you know, then you end up at Manly where it's pretty similar. Uh, but you get to have a bit of underdog stuff around the Magpies. So, you, you know, you're getting, you know, you're getting some fibros and some silver tails. But you go on to Manly after Wests. Uh, and what you get 95 they beat Saints I think uh, in the grand final there so you're winning that grand final you're probably losing in 97 I'd say uh, to the Knights but you know you just you, if, if you're a grand final type of person then you're Gillespie you've got to be Gillespie you know and if you're into winning grand finals then you're, you're Gillespie this is so hard for me Gillespie plays 15 games for New South Wales 16 for Australia And yeah, and, and Fern has got just his, you know, um, I'm just trying to get him back up here. Fern has got, you know, well, just his one club and 
He's plays eight Origin games. You know what? I'm, I'm going against my anti-Bulldog stuff for a second. I'm going to be Gillespie. I just think there's too much good stuff there. He To span a career from 84 uh, to 97, I reckon, is some pretty good sort of levels. Uh, you get to experience different clubs. Yeah. Oh, and really, the Gillespie thing, it was just an ode to probably the one of the best things I've seen on Twitter uh, for a long, long time is this bloke at Epping Station, of all places, uh, go the Bulls if anyone out there is listening and knows what that means, uh, Epping Station, and he's got this like old school Bulldogs jersey on, uh, and underneath, the, it's got like the sponsorship and everything, underneath the sponsorship, it's just got in like, in really well... Um, uh, I guess, pressed on lettering, like you would have a number or a, or a, a sponsor. It said, uh, question, who did Peter Sterling fear the most? And then on the back, it has answer, David Gillespie. He might have said David Cement Gillespie as well. I mean, it's just outstanding. Just absolutely outstanding work. And this Who Would You Rather Be was probably a bit of a... Uh, a bit of a nod uh, to that uh, passionate fan who was also somewhere um, a genius, I reckon. So there we go. But if you were Ferner, then hey, that's great. Like, I really don't want to take that away from you either because that's a great choice too. All right, if you've ever got a, um, an idea for who would you rather be, send it in. We like to have the first name or the last name the same, but you can get creative. You really can, you know. Um, we're pretty open. We're pretty open and we're pretty, we're open to ideas. We're open to ideas. We like creativity. So please, uh, get yourself involved in who would you rather be? All right. What am I going to do next? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think, how about we get stuck into some issues? Yeah, we'll get stuck into some, into some issues here. All right. So... I'm just, I've, I've picked sort of the top three kind of things that I feel are going on uh, in the game this week. And that's the, the, the <laughs> Brisbane, the Broncos. All right, I'm going to go through the COVID breaches and then we go through the coaching. All right, so look, if you're, if you're midway through, if you're 22 minutes into this podcast... Uh, and you're into the hill, I'm sure you're pretty across what's happening at Brisbane. All right, but I'm recording this on a, what, a Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. Uh, so probably at the moment, something else has happened. But right now, uh, since I last spoke to you, we've got Alan Langer and some of the other coaching staff have gone to the Caxton without telling anyone. have been snuck into the Caxton. So they're out. Uh, they're out of the bubble. They're quarantined for two weeks. Uh, after that, you have Anthony Seabold say he's going to stay in Sydney for two weeks to address some family stuff. So he's quarantined for two weeks and can't go back to the club until then. We've got Tavita Pangai Jr. hanging out with bikies, getting haircuts, going for lunch somewhere, f- flouting the COVID restrictions left, right and centre, it seems. And thus... Uh, being fined $30,000 by the NRL. I know he hasn't been deregistered yet, but um, I think he's, I'm assuming he's sat out for a while. Massive fine. He's also shopping himself around to other clubs. Uh, then the, the Seabold rumours, the bloody WhatsApp uh, stories and sagas that were going around. 
So, I mean, it's all happening now. Matt Lodge broke his leg as well. So, it's just, I mean, it's just falling apart for Brisbane, uh, which I don't really take, I don't I don't take joy out of it. I don't, like, I actually don't mind Brisbane. I always, kid of the 90s, I, you know, and I know other people trot out the rock star stuff around Brisbane and things like that. Of course, they were, like, everyone loved, you know, Brisbane, I think, you know, um, just because they had the aura they had and they were that, you know, they were the Man United or the, you know, they were the Chicago Bulls of the of the league. So I don't take any pride in or satisfaction in seeing what's going on. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where they go from any of this. But, I mean, how about the Caxton letting, secretly letting in just um, Alan Langer? I mean, that's, that's pretty funny. But also pretty... Um, pretty reckless if you haven't been to the Caxton incidentally I'd, I'd highly suggest going there uh, there was a time that Pezza and I were at the Caxton after game 3 of the New South Wales Origin once and uh, I had Pezza on my shoulders we're both wearing these New South Wales Blues jerseys this is about 10 years ago at least had him on my um, shoulders we're out in that back in the big barn area or whatever was going on, cold chisel or something probably playing. And I'm, I kid you not, we just got showered uh, with cans of, empty cans and full cans of uh, Bundy rum. Uh, pretty funny. But a great pub. You've got to get yourself there if you've never been. Um, that aside, yeah, I mean, I, what, 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 do you, like, what do you say to any of this? The Seabold rumours, I don't know. I mean, I jumped onto them as soon as they started coming through whenever it was, Monday or Tuesday this week. Pez, to his credit, called it out straight away and said that that, that would be bullshit. Um, he said it's good creative writing. Uh, I sort of went off the line of that if you keep hearing it and they keep coming in different forms, and they're probably right, uh, at least somewhere in there. I don't know. But, I mean, how Seabold comes back to coach there, I, you can't see it happening. Uh, and... What I think what's it's a shame that they're sort of down on even more troops now. What are we interesting to see how Brisbane play against Canberra on Saturday? That's what I think will tell us a lot of the story I think around Brisbane this season because they obviously don't have Seabold now. They could really get themselves up for it uh, and you know do the old sort of stick it up, you know, those blokes kind of thing with you know because it. You sense a bit of that with Darius Boyd when he moved back to fullback uh, against the Sharks the other week. You know, there was some rare emotion from him. So, look, if they weren't down on troops and, you know, they didn't have... Well, they had Lodge playing. Oh, Pangai Jr. can't be playing. And if Pangai Jr. was maybe playing, you know, I'd start to have a think about them causing an upset just on the back of that emotion. But I think that, that, that'll tell us a lot about Brisbane. If they can pull together like a really good performance and even produce a win, and I'm not saying that all the rumours about Seabold are true, but then it, it clearly shows to me uh, that the players don't like him. And that, that, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The, the other thing that I, I can tell and I can see straight up is they just don't have enough leadership on the field. Like, they don't have, an, they don't have enough old guys or older blokes uh, that are leaders in their team, you know, like... And that comes from the coach who, who, who he's picked 
in his leadership group and the players he's let go. But I mean, I think if they had Andrew McCulloch and he was skippering the side this year, I'm not saying everything changes, but I think some things do a little bit. You know, I don't, I got no dramas with guys having second chances in life. I'm all for that, you know, because I'm far from perfect and I've needed second chances in my life. Um, but I mean, the idea that Matt Lodge should have been captain of that team, I think is a joke and it showed people were a bit out of touch. I think if anything, a guy like Matt Lodge is a guy that needs leadership and needs to be led, uh, from someone with some more experience and you know the same with Pangai Jr like who knows what he's like I mean he sounds difficult uh, and he sounds brash um, but you know brash and arrogance sort of go together and then the other thing that goes with that is confidence uh, and that's what you need out of players in footy teams and the whole notion of a no dickheads policy and stuff like that is rubbish like no one's no team has ever operated on that I think it was actually in a different code the Sydney Swans tried to make that one up saying no dickheads but they always played Nick Davis in that little era who apparently wasn't the, the best team man you know and he and he did do things that rub people the wrong way but he was this freak talent uh, that could do ridiculously good things when it mattered and I think he kicked like four goals in the last quarter to get them into the 05 grand final and that's on the back of him being pretty cocky you know and I was talking to Pezza uh, I don't know yesterday about the England cricket team when they were really strong having Kevin Peterson and how much of a questionable bloke he is and how selfish he is but that sort of stuff that you know selfish guys usually aren't fear fearful um, of failure and they aren't because they aren't really afraid of letting people down because they don't see it that way uh, and it's actually really helpful to have in your team and I reckon if you look around lots of teams that are really successful there will be at least one guy like that in the team and then it's just a matter of how the coach manages them and then again how the captains and the senior players manage them uh, and maybe that's something with Pangai Jr. I don't know I don't know him well enough what I do know is I've never really rated him as much as the other guys up there I always thought like Payne Haas and Fafita um, were, the, were the serious players and Penguin Jr. sort of come in every now and again. Uh, but best of luck to you, Brizzy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Um, but let's see what happens against the Raiders. How about we all do that? Let's all see what happens against the Raiders and maybe we come back this time next week uh, and continue the chat. I reckon that's the way to do it. Uh, now, onto the COVID breaches. I mean, what did... Pezza asked me, he said, is Wayne Bennett an arrogant coat or is he a senile coat? Uh, which I guess means, again, is, it was, was he just being arrogant to, to flaunt the rules or is he just getting a bit old and he can't remember? Uh, I, would, I would suggest that following Wayne Bennett, uh, for as long as I have, I'd say it's, it's, it seems like arrogance. Um, you know, for all the reports you hear about him, he just does whatever he likes, whenever he likes. Um, you know, he's had that sort of holier than thou kind of attitude. That's really dropped off in the last five years. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but even before then, you know, there were always sort of questions about him, unless you're in the inner sanctum, you know, he didn't want anything to do with you, which, you know, whatever, that's fine. That's his business. But I thought it was extremely arrogant to do what he did and the way he spoke to the media as well. Oh, well, you know, I'm allowed to have something to eat, aren't I? 
you know, I don't know. I just, I didn't think too much of it. Um, Paul Vaughan, same thing, you know. I don't, th- I think, didn't he sign in under, under another name or something like that? But at least he was big enough uh, to be able to say sorry, which he did. But then there's the Broncos, uh, fl- you know, they're going out for lunch and doing all sorts of stuff. I don't know. Maybe the wheels are starting to fall off. It's been a long season, you know, like we'd be... I don't know what we'd be looking at usually, but we'd probably be looking at maybe three or four more games, uh, and then we're looking and going into semis. You know, yeah, this would be August fifteen last year. One, two, oh, there's four. There'd be four round. Oh, four, what? Four rounds left. There'd be four rounds left. Um, but I guess we still got six or seven. It just feels like it's going a long time. I guess which it is. Uh, and I don't know if the wheels are falling off, but people are probably getting, you know, it's probably tough. Um, but, you know, as Volandis and everyone says, the game's at stake, you know, the, this podcast's at stake, you know, so the, I hope the players bloody don't let me down from here because uh, we've all got, you know, food to put on the table and whatnot. But, yeah, I don't know. It's got to be hard. But at the same time, at the same time, it's probably not that hard. Uh, I'm going to move on from that. I'm going to move on from that uh, and talk about the coaches. So, yeah, since last we spoke, I think Nathan Brown was appointed the the New Zealand Warriors coach along with Gus Gould as a consultant. So two things i say about that is why I think it's a really good appointment on Nathan Brown. Uh, you know, long fans of the cast that have been listening to this for a while will know that I'm, I'm a big Nathan Brown fan. I like I like the cut of his cloth. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see him win a comp somewhere because I think he he can do that. And you know, he really leaves he he can build a club and he'll leave a club in a better place, uh, which you've seen at Newcastle and we saw at St George when Wayne Bennett came in the year after um, and won the comp. So I, I reckon he'll get them going. And to be honest, it doesn't look like the Warriors are all that far off being a top eight side as it is. Now, Brown's problem is going to be Gould. You know, that's, and look, I'm not, there's nothing against Phil Gould, but the, the runs are on the board. You know, the bloke likes to sat coaches. So apparently Nathan Brown's made it pretty clear that he's not going to answer to him. Uh, as in the sense that he doesn't report to him uh, on a managerial level but I mean if I was Brown I'd be concerned about that but I'm sure you know I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll work it out and if if Brown's lucky you know he really it'll have won't have much to do with Gould but I mean you can never follow anything with Phil Gould that you what you can be sure about is whatever he says on his podcast on the television is not true you know if go and have a listen to his podcast and listen to him explain the St George Illawarra review that he did like what they obviously paid him for that um because he wouldn't do it otherwise what they got out of him doing that no one I think will ever know and anyway like the whole time he's been saying oh you know Saints fans I can't tell you exactly what it is but trust me it's been left in house and you know the woos are emotional that sort of stuff you listen to his podcast this afternoon and he's like, well, we actually didn't really end up doing a review. It wasn't actually a review. They could, didn't have the money to be able to do it. It's like, so did you, did you do anything? He mustn't have done anything there. And anyway, good luck to him, I guess. Um, good luck to the Warriors. Uh, Mary's gone. That's a shame. Poor Mary McGregor. 
uh, as of today. Uh, I guess, you know, he said he'd resign, but, you know, obviously he didn't want to. Uh, that's a shame for him because, you know, again, you know, I love guys that coach their clubs um, that they played at, you know. You know, it was just a footy club mentality as a coach. And I think he built a pretty good side, really. You know, he really did. There was It was their comp to win a couple of years ago when Jack DeBellin still played. I guess that would be two years ago, two seasons, not including this one. The first year Freddie did Origin because DeBellin was in that and he was flying. Uh, they should have they should have pushed for at least a grand final, if not a comp, that year. Because uh, they were going really well. Um, Hunt was playing pretty well at the time as well. Uh, to me, it seems like once the DeBellin stuff happened, the wheels well and truly fell off. Um, which is a shame. It just goes to show, I guess. It only takes sort of one bloke to to ruin it for everyone. Um, but yeah, that's a shame for Mary. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really weird too. Like they're saying like, you know, I guess, you know, he got him to the finals a couple of times. It's, it's just funny coming from a Tigers fan's perspective sort of judging another team who over seven years, I guess, made the finals three or four times, maybe. I know they only won one finals game in that time, but I mean, I'd probably trade that with you. But then if you're making it and you're in, you're in, you know, you're making the finals, you want to go to the next, uh, you know, you want to take the next step, I guess. As a fan, you want your team in the grand final, don't you? So I think, to be fair, Mary had a good crack of it, seven years uh, and yeah, now Dean Young takes them on. So it's good to see like these younger coaches, I guess, of like this sort of new wave of guys. Like, I guess Dean Young would probably have to be the youngest of them, but like, you know, Josh Hannay at the Cowboys, Dean Young, uh, Todd Payton, uh, even John Morris, like all of that sort of similar guys that were still playing, you know, into sort of what I guess it would have been like 2011, 2012, that sort of thing. Uh, and they're the, the next, you know, run of coaches. I wouldn't have picked Dean Young to to be a coach, but shows how much you know sometimes. Whereas you look at a guy like John Morris and you did think that he was going to be a coach, the way he sort of spoke and uh, just the way he sort of played, I think. But um, good for, good luck for, to Dean Young, I guess. That'll be the thing with the Dragons. Like, what, do they go with with the Saints guy again? Um, so they've got a bit of a history of doing that, I guess, with Nathan Brown, with McGregor, uh, you know, or... Do they go outside and try and find a, a really good coach? If they've got Jason Rolls and Fitzgibbon, by the sounds of it, they could do both there. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. It won't be Flanagan, and fair enough too. Um, if, they, if they overturn that, that, that suspension, it'll be an absolute disgrace. But anyway... Uh, I'll just look. Some people have wanted me to address the Madge rumours. Like, there are rumours that Maguire, I guess, wanted out of the Tigers maybe last week. Uh, there was, I've heard a couple of different ones. I've heard one that the Cowboys wanted him. Maybe he wanted to go to the Cowboys. Uh, and then Peyton was going to come into the Tigers. That was something that was pretty loose. I might have even started that rumour, you know, uh, just to have an old Tigers player come and coach us. Uh, I don't know how much legs it was to that. The other one is that Madge, or the Storm want Maguire, I think the year after next, <clears throat> 2022. And Harry Grant, obviously, is at uh, the Storm. 
then hence why Harry Grant came to the Tigers now to get a bit of a more of an education under Madge. Madge is doing the Harry Grant thing for the betterment of the Storm that he's going to go to the year after next once Bellamy hangs up his coaching boots. Now, I mean, a lot of this is on internet forums and stuff like that. With you know, it's a lot in the similar vein of the WhatsApp messages around Seabold. So, who knows? I would take Madge on his word because that's all you can do with people. Uh, and he said he wants to stay at the Tigers. He wants to build something. So I think it's going to be fine. Uh, the whole stuff around him being too hard on the players or whatever, I don't buy it. Um, his styles won premierships. And it has a record, track record of success. Uh, and it was only a couple of weeks ago that everyone was saying, how great are the Tigers going? You know, they've got a really great coach. You know, they've hardened themselves up and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, and then a couple of, a couple of weeks, a couple of losses. And then, you know, it, he's got to change his whole approach. So anyway, I'll get to Tiger Corner a bit later. But that's just some stuff on Madge because I didn't want people to think I was dodging it. You know, I didn't want people to think that I was, you know giving a bit of extra attention to the Tigers and, you know, giving Madge an easier run on the hill. I wouldn't or wouldn't want to do that uh, at all, you know. So there you go. A couple of issues. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. But now, popular demand. I've come through with my favourite names. We're counting down names in rugby league, first names in rugby league if you've just joined us. Uh, and if you have just joined us, I'll tell you what, welcome, a very warm, warm welcome. You'll have to go back to last week's episode to find out the top 10, because I'm not going to do that again, uh, just because of time constraints and things like that. And out of respect for you guys, out of respect for the people that were here last week, uh, not going to do that. But what I am going to do is go through names 11 or 20. Now, I asked if there was appetite for this, and I got a good response. Chris Ricketts even even suggested um, names 11 to 50. So, look, uh, I've always been told to quit while you're ahead and finish things on a high, so I thought I was hesitant to go with this. Uh, but I asked you if you were interested and if you had the appetite, and you said yes. So I'm, I'm going to go through 11 to 20. Now, bear in mind, I've forgotten some. I've, you know, I know it already. I, I said at the top of the show I missed a bloody obvious one. Which means we might have to go through 21 to 30. All right. Now, I just ask that you, you you know, we don't have to agree, as I said last week. You know, we can disagree and commit. But just, you know, let's just at least respect each other's decisions around what we're going to do around these first names. So, without any further ado, number 11 is Darren. And, oh, gee whiz, I don't know how I missed Darren <clears throat> in my initial top 10. But, look, I've just gone. Darren Fritz, Darren Brown, Darren Smith, Darren Albert, Darren Tracy, Darren Britt, Darren Center, Darren Lockyer. There's a team. You know, I said Robbie was at the top last week and you could build a side around that. But gee whiz, he got some class in Lockyer, some speed with Albert, some toughness with Fritz and Britt, Tracy, some creativity, center. I mean, I'll tell you what, Darren, that's good. You know, I like that. And a quick shout out to my uncle Darren too, if you're listening too. Um, I'm sure he played a bit of footy in his early years. Number 12, I went with Ian. Now, remember the brief last week, or the brief I gave myself was, it's names that you hear a lot in league and you don't hear that much, you know, in your in your life outside the league. All right? Now, I've gone with Ian. I thought Ian was a tough, a tough player. Ian Rubin, Ian Roberts, Ian McCann. Tough, strong, 
uncompromised. Ian Schubert, you know, he's out ordering. He, he was a winger, I know, but you know, he's out ordering, auditing salary caps. Um, I feel it was worth a mention. Top twenty, uh, you, you're going to debate me on that, I know, but I still think there's um, Ian Russell, the Steelers. You know, come on. Come on, Ian, no, I'm, I'm standing by it. Number 12 is Ian. 13 is Brett, and this, there's just a plethora of Bretts. Uh, Hetherington, Prothero, Mullins, Kenny, Brett Rodwell, Brett Plowman. Like, wouldn't, couldn't the Broncos use Brett Plowman at the moment? I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, Brett Kenny, I mentioned him surely. You know, there's just, there's lots of Bretts. Um... Bert, you know, I like the nickname Bert as well there. So that's um, that's good. Four down, I've gone Blake. Because I don't hear it much outside. Your Blake Ferguson's, your Blake Austin's, your Blake Green's, your Wunga Blake's. Phil Blake. Adam Fanua Blake. You know, it's just, it's in there. I, there's, I've missed a couple too. There's a couple, I feel like there was a Blake that played for the Sharks in the 90s. And I can't put my finger on it. I can see it. Spiky blonde hair or something. I don't know if I'm completely getting it mixed up. Spiky blonde hair, sharks around the early 90s, I'm thinking. Even late 80s. Help me out if you, if you can. Uh, but we'll go on to 15, and that's Bill. All right, I've gone Bill slash Billy. Could have thrown William in, but I, I think that's starting to get a bit carried away. So I've gone Bill or Billy. And just some good, you know, really good plays here. Billy Slater. Uh, well, Bill Harrigan, a referee. But Billy Moore, Billy Peden. Uh, I think that's. I think there's a solid group there. And I know I've missed a few. Bill Anderson. He was a coach uh, for a fair while. There's, I know there, there's, there's got to be more too. Uh, 16's Gary. This is pretty pretty, pretty um, high-level players. Gary Jack, Gary Freeman, Gary Connolly. International flavour here. You know, we've got Kiwis, Poms. Gary McFarlane, Gary Larson, Gary Coyne. Gazza, I like it. It's weird that I wouldn't call those guys Gazza though, you know. It's not like Gazza Jack, is it really? It's Jimmy Jack. It's not Gazza Freeman either. It's Wiz. Interesting. Gazza last and it didn't happen. It's Gary. If you're a leaguey, you're Gary. There's got to be something in that. I don't know what it is. I've just, that's just dawned on me right now, but it's the truth, I think. Have a think about that. Let me know. Seventeen's Wayne. Oh, this is this. You know, this. There's Wayne Pierce, Wayne Bennett, Wayne Bartram, Wayne Portlock. Uh, yeah. I just you know, you know, criticise him before I know, but you've got to give credit to Wayne Bennett. He's done a lot in the game. Wayne Pierce, one of my all-time favourite players. Wayne Bartram. That's it's good levels there around Wayne. Uh, Eighteen is Ken. Okay, I've gone with Ken. Uh, Ken Irvine, Ken Nagus, Ken McGuinness, Ken Mamalo, Ken Seo, uh, Brett Kenny. I guess I could have put him down there. But again, I've, I've gone with Ken. Um, Sean Kenny Dow. There's another one. Parramatta player. Kenny, who is it at the moment? Is there? I know I've got Ken Seo. There's another one. I'm sure of it. Gee, must be a bit tired today. A bit of a blank memory from here, from time to time here. Who is it? Kenny someone, I'm sure of it. No? Current player. 
Hmm. We'll get back to you. Hope you like Ken, though. I think that's that's pretty good stuff. Brad is there. Brad's at 19. Remember, the order isn't necessarily perfect. I know that, but it's it's a, Brad or Bradley. This is pretty elite, too. Clyde, Izzard, Fittler, Godden. Uh, Graham Bradley, that's what it is there. And that they're, they're all international players, I think you'll find. And I missed heaps out there, but that's just, there's, you know... Good elite players. Uh, and 20, I've got is Craig. Craig Gower, Craig Young, Craig Wing, Craig Coleman, Tucker Coleman, Craig Fitzgibbon, Craig Bellamy, uh, Craig Field. Yeah, that's good. Craig is um, Craig is common. I know you hear Craig a bit outside league circles as well. I guess that's probably why it comes in at 20, not in the top 10. Uh, but, but, but still, you, you, you get a fair few Craigs. So there it is. There's your 11 to 20. Uh, look, happy to keep going. 21 to 30. I'm, I'm more than happy to do it uh, if there's appetite for it. We can probably start... We can. We should probably push ourselves if we're being fair income about this. I mean, we probably... If, if we're going to do something, we might as well get to a top 50. Chris Ricketts is probably right. Uh, I'll probably start needing your help soon. I mean, I've left Cameron. Like, that's just really poor from me, and I apologise to the listeners for that. I, I need to be better there because uh, I've missed Cameron. But uh, I guess well, you, you, you see a bit of Cameron outside league. I guess maybe that's where it is. Aaron's another one I'm starting to think of. Uh, so that's happening next week, hopefully. If you really think Sparks, you know, give it a spell, mate. You know, quit while you're ahead. Let me know. Uh, but if you want me to keep going with it, I'm, I'm happy to keep rolling the sleeves up and, and get through these names. Uh, I've done the issues. Well, I guess, yep, it's time for Tiger Corner. Here comes the Tigers wearing black and gold. Alright, so look. I said to you all last week that, you know, I'd worked out that, you know, the Tigers were just a battling team. Uh, they didn't have... You know, a fair dinkum first grade roster, and they were going up to play against a really strong Newcastle side, and that's what happened. You know, um, you, you, you run you run into a, into a really good side on their home ground, and you play poorly yourselves, because uh, you know on paper you're not a great team. You, you're going to get touched up. So look, it was it was disappointing. To be honest, to be honest, when I was watching it. Um, it looked like something was wrong. It actually did look like something was up. They played like a team that uh, it looked like initially that yeah, like they didn't like. They played like Newcastle played against the Tigers at the ba- probably about the same time last year. Uh, the the last game that Nathan Brown coached for them because uh, they basically just down tools and quit on him. Uh, it kind of looked a little bit like that, uh, or they've you know or some like a or a really serious issue has happened, like with the club, you know, where their heads just aren't there. You know, the players aren't getting paid or there's like a, you know, there's someone dies or something like something really emotionally draining has happened to put in a performance like that because it just looked like they just were not there. Drop balls everywhere, terrible defense. Um, and it was highlighted when it was 16, to, it was 16 to four. Uh, obviously we missed the kick. But on the, I think we completed the set. But then on the next 
defensive set, they give a fifth tackle penalty, which was just like it was a leg pull or something really silly and unnecessary. Uh, that they kicked downfield with about two minutes to go. No, that's right. It was, it was a minute to go on the half. You know, they could have just finished that tackle strongly, finished with the ball, kick in the corner, and go in two converted tries down. Um, and maybe somehow come out and score first and keep the game alive. But they gave that penalty away, the bloody soft defence at the end, and they score on the bell, and it's, what, 22-4 or something, and then that's all she wrote. Uh, Disappointing. But anyway, the more I thought about it, what I did is just I did end up coming up with just that I think that... uh, it was just on the back of like they had to they played a lot of hard games like they almost beat Penrith uh, they pushed South so I guess to a degree uh, and then they gave a good account of themselves against Para you know and then they had that loss of the Warriors and I think they've just sort of thought to themselves they're just a men- mentally drained out of that and go well, how are we going to get a win <clears throat> you know unless we play the Broncos every week we're not going to get one uh, and maybe there was just a little bit of that in there, uh, I still like what Madge is doing. You know, I think he's blooding a lot of young players, which is really good. Uh, lots of debutants happening. Uh, the talk, you know, maybe that maybe it was the Embi and Reynolds talk that that actually was unsettling for some of those players. Maybe that they're trying to shop them around and get rid of them, and maybe there's a bit of uncertainty around some of the other players, which is fair enough because it's an underperforming roster. It's completely out of whack, and he needs to change it. So, Jacob Little comes back in this week. <clears throat> That's exciting. Uh, sad to see that BJ Lewis had to go, but if it's family stuff, that's fair enough. I don't know enough about that to make any comment on it, other than if it's his family, he needs to look after him. Uh, I, I guess that means Kapoa comes back into the side, even though he couldn't catch a ball last week. He's... <clears throat> Excuse me. His leg drive was great. He was making meters uh, off, you know, off the kick returns and off those early tackle um, runs. So I actually was really impressed with that part of it. And you know, hopefully, just the hand stuff was um, some early, you know, some some early, some early nerves in his career. It's his first game, for goodness' sake. So uh, can the Tigers beat the Bulldogs? Who knows? I really don't know. Probably not, to be honest. Um, but if they do, I'll be happy, obviously. All right, um, I'm going to push through. I've got a couple of questions here. <clears throat> Sorry, I keep clearing my throat here. Uh, I've got a few of your questions that I'm going to try and fire up here um, on the Facebook page here, and then um, I'll get out of your hair. What have we got here? Uh... I mean, Chris Ricketts has come up with just an absolutely sensational idea here. He said, he's, <clears throat> he said this, best ball plays versus best long hair plays by position. <clears throat> I can kick it off with early Jason Martin at the Bears versus late career Alan Langer. Would also look closely at Jeff Robinson at the Dogs versus Mark Amelia prop forward. Um, listen to this. Outstanding second row battle between renowned hardmen, still retchless and long haired Lothario, Kevin Hardwick. Uh, you know, talks about Toby Rudolph versus the, the names in here versus Ben Kennedy, Eric Growth Senior versus Big Dell, and then goes on to say, former captain of Longhair 13, Sterling is now coach of the Hairless Wonders, uh, and you can expect a hostile reaction, which led me to think what's happening with Nathan Brown 
uh, from a long hair to a bald man himself. What we're going to do, okay, we're going to give this the respect it deserves, and I'm, I'm going to, we're going to deep dive into this next week. I reckon we're going to make this a thing. We might be done with the names. Uh, who knows? And we can, or maybe we can do both. All right, but I think this deserves a good little seven minutes next week uh, minimum where we can really, uh, really get into it. So I love that sort of stuff. I love your work there, Chris. Uh, and we'll, we'll work on that together, I think, collectively as a group over the next week. Darren James gets in touch with a great little message here. His name is Alex Johnston. Johnston. ST on Ston Johnston. He's 25. He's not approaching the end. I'm looking at all you pundits and commentators. Alex Johnston, capital letters, is a damn quality winger and could be very well be a top eight sides fullback if he wanted to. He's still got time. He's not retiring. He's 25. Lots to come still. Younger than Tedesco. Anyway, I hope you're having a good day, Sparks. It's a nice touch, isn't it? I was having a good day. Thanks, Darren. I hope you did too. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I want Johnson at the Tigers. If the Souths don't want him, if the Bunnies don't want him, which they, it sounds like they don't, um, he is more than welcome. And I, that's such a good point about being younger than Tedesco. You know, he's at the age that Tedesco was when he went to the Roosters. You know, he's younger than Tuovasa Shek as well. He might be about the same age that Tuovasa Shek was when he went to um, the Warriors for the first time. You know, I think he's a great player. He's quick. He's experienced. Uh, he's won a comp. He's an outstanding player. I would have him with the Tigers. I think I said that on the on the cast last week. I'd have him. I, I'm 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 all over that. Absolutely great shout. Uh, do we have anything else? No, I don't think we do. All good. All right. Well, that's it. That's me for the week. I uh, hope you enjoyed that one. I uh, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, yeah, look, I'm enjoying doing it, even though I'm doing it on my own. But the, the input from the listeners is great. Uh, if, you, if you're still listening to it through Apple or whatever, I don't even know how a lot of that stuff works. Rate it and review it. That'd be awesome. Uh, and we'll keep trying to build the Facebook page, I reckon. Yeah, like I'm not going to... I don't want any superficial sort of likes or anything like that. But tag your mates in it if they might like it. And uh, we'll keep trying to grow it organically and... Uh, keep having our rugby league chats uh, each week here on the hill so enjoy your footy hope your team wins look after yourself and um, I'll talk to you next week go the Tigers